Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm joined by Lizzie Ammon, cricket reporter for the Times and Wisdom Cricket Monthly contributor. Hello, Lizzie. Hello. And Taha Hashim, Wisdom staff writer. Taha, what's your moment of the week? Uh, hi, Ben. Uh, my moment of the week uh, would have to be Don Best getting his fifer. Um, I've been quite sort of enamoured by the by the whole Best story, really. Um, when he when he came in for that um, for the second test, um, not even in the original squad. Um, I think you know he exceeded everyone's expectations, just tying up an end. Uh, especially on the day that he, uh, the day he first bowled, he sort of applied so much pressure, and by the end of the day, when when the seamers came back in, um, that's when England sort of reaped the rewards. Um, but then heading to that that third test, you know the, you know the, this time he had to play a different role because we saw the turn that Keshav Maharaj got on the, on day one, which was sort of unprecedented in South Africa, and so you knew that Best had to play his role. Um, and to be honest, I didn't really think he had it in him, but you know he seems to be a guy who kind of he's up for it the, the way he was bowling you know he'd do his little change ups with the round arm stuff but also you know just when Faf Duplessis just blocks on back to him he's kind of smiling because he's just sort of enjoying the moment um, and the way he bowled was you know he was helped by some poor poor you know batting from the South Africans but to take a five for what 22 years of age you know not even being in the original squad you know you gotta you gotta respect that Lizzie I think did you see his was it his first class debut or his first I saw, I saw both yeah. <laughs> both his first class and his championship debut yes was, um, was there excitement around him then well or? not in his first class debut it was against Pakistan and he went wicketless um, and looked pretty um, ineffective against a, a pretty high quality Pakistan side it has to be said later on in the season I think it was September later that year uh, he took six for in his first innings in championship yeah, uh, against Warwickshire, you know, getting Bell and Trot and uh, Ambrose and, you know, uh, decent players. Um, I think that the, uh, the the sort of feeling at the time was he just needed a lot of overs. You know, he was young, needed to bowl a lot. And the trouble was he then didn't and hasn't because because of circumstances and because it's almost impossible to be a spinner in, Eng- in English county cricket. Um, uh, so he just hasn't got overs under his belt. So by the time he was picked... Originally, in that series against Pakistan, mm-hmm. um, here, he'd only ever bowled twice away from Taunton, and they were both in the West Indies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a bonkers situation, isn't it? But fair play to the lad. I mean, he he's an infectious character. Um, and one of the things I remember from his championship debut was that I've never really seen anyone quite so excited to make their first team debut. I mean, he was just, his eyes were popping out of his head. He looked just so thrilled to be there, and I think that can take you a long way. Yeah, and he, it is encouraging how much, I mean, he seems to have a lot of self-belief and also seems to be just improving so much as he gets a chance at the top level. Like, I think e- even though he didn't look overly threatening against Pakistan, people thought he didn't look overawed to be there. And now he is, as you say, there was a lot of expectation on him, really. I think people, like a, we were talking in the office about, we sort of expected Joe Root to kind of out, out-bowl him and maybe look a bit more threatening. It could be one of those kind of scenarios. And actually, he did just look like a proper test match match bowler in but as you said it's the strange situation at Somerset where two of England's best spinners are at the same county and yeah. it gets a bit stranger I mean hence why he had to go out on loan to Yorkshire although I don't know that you'd want to be a spinner going out on loan to Headingley would you <laughs> well this season as well they've got Maharaj and yep. Ashwin don't they so. yeah so um he is gonna have to look 
uh, fairly carefully at at how much cricket he's going to get um, and make some sensible decisions about whether he needs to go somewhere else because th- he's got to get over it under his belt. I think Joe Root said that just a, a couple of days ago as well that you know he just needs to keep bowling and mm. <laughs> that's the main problem for spinners in county cricket especially well, English ones just, who are just trying yeah, to make their way through. Exactly, it's really difficult. Um, it's a really difficult situation because he's a southwest boy. He doesn't, you know, he won't want to leave his home county. Some he's Somerset through and through. I mean Devon, but you know southwest. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a really tricky one. But I was really impressed by how he did that job that England have really been crying out for, the containing job. You know, uh, Without a containing spinner, England are real trouble, aren't they? Mm. But that gives you so much more, many more options as a captain if you've got one end tied up. You can use your seamers in such a much more effective way. Yeah, and looking quite far ahead, I think that's, that's what England are going to want in Australia, isn't it? I mean, Moen Ali sort of did his best to be a containing spinner down there last time, but that's not his, his role. And you don't get the kind of rewards being an attacking off-spinner there that you do in other parts of world England even uh, so that that is quite encouraging so he's changed his technique a little bit he's worked really hard he's kind of uh, got a bit more overspin um, and you can see it's gripping as the seam position seems to be a little bit different and uh, he's gripping a little bit more uh, but he's but he's accurate isn't he he's he doesn't he's not wayward which you you get from young spinners often yeah and he was talking to he's talking about how he spoke to Rangan Harath about lowering his arm and like just changing just little variations like that he always doesn't have like a like a, a dude or anything but it's, it's about the subtle stuff as well isn't it Rather yeah it's not been anything like drastic he's not suddenly got some magic ball um uh, you know talking to Richard Dawson who was out there at the, at the spin camp um where Harath was working with Bess um it was just you know it sounds boring but it was really simple thing him just focusing on bowling his best ball yeah so apart from the overall development that England might not be awful at test cricket the big news from uh <laughs> from the Port Elizabeth test was that Kagisa Rabad will miss the final of the game series after picking up a fourth demerit point for his celebration upon the dismissal of Joe Root. For those of you who didn't see the moment in question, uh, first of all, where have you been? But second of all, he got quite close to Joe Root and shouted quite loudly and for quite a long time. Talk about his kneecaps, though, rather than his face. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it wasn't directed that route and he wasn't swearing, but he did get closer than maybe he needed to. Lizzie, how did you view that one? Well, I mean, I don't think it was awful. As you say, it wasn't at his face. It was sort of more at his feet, wasn't it? And it was just, you could tell it was just a moment uh, kind of swept up in the moment. It was hot and it had been hard work and, you know, Joe Root's a big wicket. He's a div, basically, isn't (laughs) he? (laughs) Because he was already in trouble. He'd already been warned about this sort of thing. If he'd have taken two steps to the left or two steps to the right and still done the same celebration, he wouldn't have been in trouble because it would have been at grass rather than at uh, you know, uh, Joe Root, um, but he's he's an idiot. I, 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 it's a it's a real shame. You but you cannot base punishments based on whether people <laughs> people are going to miss out seeing their players. Otherwise, you just wouldn't do it, would you? But he's an idiot, um, and it's a shame. And it's South Africa are up against it now. Yeah, is that is that you view it? I mean, the problem for me lies with the ICC regulations. I mean, I think we all saw the line where it's it's almost it's dependent on you provoking reaction from the batsman. Which oh yeah, how the batsman could have reacted. How the batsman yeah. could have reacted, exactly. And and that's where why he's in trouble. Of course there's no there's no physical contact, there's no there's no swearing. Um to me it just it feels you could say it's not harsh because, you know, as per the, the regulations he has he he deserves a demerit point. Um but I just think those regulations need to be looked at because you're sort of you're ignoring the, the emotions of Test cricket and, and you know, South Africa's best fast bowler getting through England's best batsman. That to be, for that to be then tarnished by this is is just it's it's a bit annoying, really. Yeah, for me that because that that was the moment of quite a slow day one when England made just over two hundred and lost four wickets. But for Rabada to knock over the England captain with a, a, a brilliant ball and to just let go like that, it was it was a brilliant moment to watch. But I do, I think basically it is just a borderline case, and people will feel quite strongly about what is actually quite a, a narrow decision, basically. I mean, I can see why people are saying he hasn't directed anything at Joe Root. That's the thing. And I also see people saying he's he's in his personal space or he's close he needs to be. It is just a borderline case. And but and he shouldn't be anywhere close to the borderline since he's so close to a ban, I guess. Um, but the best thing was, uh, did you see Nasser Hussain and Michael Holding's discussion of it? Yeah, yeah. On lunch? <laughs> they had an <laughs> absolute ding-dong, didn't they? It was great, yeah. Uh, it, it sort of... Uh, well, one one thing I liked was the um, the sort of traffic violation analogy that kind of took hold 
sort of throughout the day. So they talked about points and a driving license and that he'd now got his last two points. And you don't get a ban for the last two points you've got. It's for the accumulation. But then you had NASA saying like, he's just on 29 in a 30 zone. He's just on 29 in a 30. But uh, yeah, it just ended with Na- with holding right in NASA's face saying, uh, you want me to invade your space like that? It was <laughs> one of the great moments of, of TV. Um, uh, so on England, from that test, we should be wary of getting carried away, but it really was quite encouraging, right? I mean, first away win, uh, away innings win, since the 10-11 Ashes, uh, and it was the young players doing it. I mean, we've talked about best, but Pope just obviously looks like such a class player. Even Crawley looks like he does have something about him. Obviously, it was a bit of an odd selection that he didn't have those that weight of runs behind it, but the way he's sort of faced down and not seemed scared by the, scared by the quicker bowlers makes it seem like he's sort of possibly got a future at this level, would you say? Yeah, I think he's definitely got the head. Um, and uh, I mean, Rob Key doesn't, big up players for no reason he's not he's not that's not what that's not what he's like really Rob Key is he but he um he has been talking about Zach Crawley for, for quite a while saying there is something there there's something special there um and you're right he hasn't got the way to runs but um it's you know neither did Strascothic or Vaughan when they were picked did they so um uh, yes, I, th- I think the thing that is really pleasing is that there's been a lot gone wrong on this tour. You know, losing Rory, losing Jimmy, illness, Jack Leach being p- properly ill with, you know, sepsis, all sorts of things, poor bloke. Um, uh, and it could have it could have really, you know, ended the tour. People's heads could have gone down. But I think with young players, what you get is, you know, they're not kind of ground down by previous problems are they and they're just sort of enthusiastic and really up for it and 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 really want to kind of prove themselves when they get an opportunity and I think we saw that with Pope and Bess and we've seen it with Sibley and we've seen it with Crawley to an extent and I think that's really encouraging now you're right we shouldn't run before we could walk because it could all go horribly wrong um I mean it could all go horribly wrong in Sri Lanka couldn't it because England and spin and Sri Lanka and you know we've been here before haven't we um so we shouldn't uh, you know get too excited but I think the signs are there I think the other thing that I found really pleasing is that it feels like Root is coming into his own finally as a captain and I wonder if that is because he's got young players um, mm-hmm. who look up to Joe Root and who have see Joe Root as, you know, they're kind of one of their idols, really. Um, and he can stamp his mark on a young team. Whereas if you're surrounded by old heads, you know, they're a bit set in their ways, aren't they? Um, but he did some good things, Root, um, tactically, mm-hmm. I think. And his, his tactics have always been under question. And, and you know, Alistair Cook wasn't a, a, a tremendous tactician on the field, was he? But I think, you know, putting in a leg slip and, uh, you know, having men round the back when he used to have them, using his, his, apart from on the day when he overbowled himself, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can see why that happened. But I think he's used his resources pretty well and put his, his fielders in the right places. Um so, yeah, that was really pleasing, actually. Yeah, and the the point about the senior players is an interesting one because England haven't had Broad and Jimmy playing, or Jimmy didn't play after the first test, so those two haven't played together in the two tests that England have won. Do you, do you see that as helping Root stamp his authority, do you think? Uh, possibly, but uh, I don't... You think you're I, reading too much into it? Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think... Reading in too much into that when you when you this whole Broad and Anderson shouldn't play together debate as well that kind of mm-hmm. enters that. Um, I think the fact of the matter is on 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 those two, it is hard to kind of see them playing together just because Anderson's injury troubles. But also, I mean, we're going to talk about this going forward. But y- you look at the way Mark Wood bowled there the, uh, as well in that in that third test, um, and then with Joffre looking sharp as well. Um, it is just for me, it's becoming too appetising to not think of having both of them in one pace attack as risky as it is yeah uh what what would you do for the the next tests with it looks like Joffre Archer probably fit and back to his his best Mark Wood seems to have come through that test okay would you would you play all the quicks would you leave out best would you which one of them would you pick if you'd stay with best what would you do I would go for um it's it's harsh on Sam Curran but I would Um, go for for Broad Archer and Wood I'm with you. Uh, and it's really harsh. On it's really harsh. Really, really harsh because, you know, he has done absolutely nothing wrong, really, has he? But I don't, I'm not a fan of playing five seamers um, at all because I think you end up underusing one. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and it sort of messes with the balance. And also, we know that Don Best can bat. He just hasn't really shown it very much. <laughs> and he can bowl too. <laughs> and he, yeah. But I mean, in terms of not having a great big long tail. Yeah. Um, and uh, Mark Wood can bat as well, actually. Isn't he? Yeah, well, it's, it turns out. Yeah. It turns out the the, the, the Villiers of Durham. He's, um, <laughs> he, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I always think, unless it's really, really, really 
agreeing the conditions dictate it. I just don't think it's a good idea not to have not to have a spinner. Although having said that, you have got Joe Root and you have got Joe Denley, mm-hmm. um, so uh, they will have to have a good look and a good think about that. But I, it's too tempting not to have two very quick bowlers against a very fragile South African batting lineup. I think you could rattle through them pretty exactly. easily. Yeah, I, I, I see that logic uh, for me. Uh, and I, I think England will be quite tempted by leaving out Don Best, especially because of how Joe bowled in that second innings. But I think they'll, they'll want to, they should keep him around. And I think it, it just would be just risking too much to play Mark Wood two tests in a row, no matter how fit he says he is and no matter how many tests he passed. A man with those injury with that injury history you do just have to like just I think look at the bigger picture as Natha said on commentary about Joe Root and and his handling of wood yeah um, um, I mean that is a real risk because you do want him fit for um, Sri Lanka because he'll be a real asset in, in, in Sri Lanka I mean luckily after Sri Lanka he can have quite a substantial break actually if he doesn't play very much county or any county cricket. I mean, he may play a couple, but he's not doing IPL, is he? And there's a you know there's a, a nice little two month gap or seven week gap. Um, uh, it's just a case of of whether you think he can. Uh, uh, they want to win the series, don't they? Um, um, and they want yeah. to win it convincingly. And if you've got your assets, your best assets. The other thing that you've got to slightly keep in mind, um, and this is really dull, is World Test Championship points, mm. <laughs> um, because you know. Um, there are points up for grabs. It's 30 points up for grabs for each win in this series, something like That's 30, right, yeah. 60, 90, 120. Yeah. It's a ridiculous system to work out, isn't it? But they are trying to keep themselves in the hunt. I mean, I know that Australia and India have really pulled away, but England are quite clear they do want to be in that final. Yeah, and actually, looking at how the table is could shape up, England aren't out of contention by any means. I mean, if you look at what Australia have got left to play, they, they go to Bangladesh where they drew last time. It's easy to see with their struggles against them that that could happen again. They travelled to South Africa in a year and those have always historically been quite close series. Who knows what state South Africa will be in by that point, but there's, it's not out of the question that could happen. And India travelled to Australia when India won their last time and that'll be a really good series. It's possible that Australia could even win none of those series. And then England have a, a real shout with, uh, okay, they'll get paced in India, but they've got three winnable series before that. So actually, it's it's more open than it looks at the moment, I think, that World Championship table. Um, a bit stacked against England, though, with the number of longer series they have than... I mean, India have played quite a lot of two and three... played two and three test series, haven't they? I mean, it's worth noting that we're having this discussion in that it is becoming something that really matters, right? Well, yeah, I mean, in a sense, uh, the, the reason I bring it up is because England bring it up a lot. Ashley Dars brings it up a lot, quite a lot. That they're actually they are they do see that's quite important yeah. being in that final. It's a it would be a bit weird to have a final up at Lords of England, exactly. England not in it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you know, it's not the be all and end all, is it? That's not really the, you know, it's not the most important thing in there. The, the Ashes is clearly the thing that they're most they're most bothered about, but it's it's a factor. Yeah, and I think for Joe Root's captaincy as well, it'd be a really valuable thing to have, like a feather in his cap, to have that he's that he's won the World Test Championship. It'd be a huge thing, really, for him to say when, like, sort of against all odds at, at this point, he saw a couple of weeks ago. Um, so what I'm saying is that winning tests yes, and yeah. winning and and not necessarily thinking too far ahead is quite important mm-hmm. because they need the points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the makeup of that Sri Lanka attack in a little bit more detail. So Monali made some interesting comments this week in the BBC Asian Network about him feeling like something of a scapegoat for England's test team's failings, and that was why he took a break. And maybe in light of that, it's optimistic to expect him to return for that tour. So what is England's first choice attack for that, uh, for the first test? Is it is it Bess Leach and another spinner? Do they go two seamers and Stokes and those two spinners? What 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 do you think? Well, last time, three spinners worked a treat, didn't it? But th- those were three. The, the, the Mo and Ali and Adil Rashid were the best one in the world, are better than Don Bess and Matt Parkinson, yeah, whoever the best I'd, spinner is. I think England have to hope that Mo and Ali makes himself available, um, you know, as well as Don Bess has gone. Um, I still can't. Used to, I don't think you can get away th- from the fact that Moeen Ali is still the best test spinner in England. Oh, it's so tricky, isn't it? Um, and and this is where it really highlights uh, England's spin problems. Is when you're trying to find three. You know, you're right finding one, but <laughs> yeah. when you're trying to find trying to find three, um, it's a problem. I um, uh, Moeen might be persuaded. Uh, not least, it's, it's a short tour mm. um, and not too intense. I mean, they're back-to-back test matches, but it's really it's quite short if you include the warm. It's three weeks, was three and a half weeks, or something, all, all told. Um, uh, and it wouldn't interrupt his um, any other commitments I have. He has, I don't think. Um, 
But he clearly is in a weird space, isn't he, in terms of what he wants and doing a bit of soul searching and what's going to make him happy and and what he's enjoying and what's he going to get pleasure out of. And if he doesn't get pleasure out of test cricket, then... There really is no point, is there? Yeah. There's no point doing it if you do, if you're not enjoying it. Um, so yeah, that leaves England in a real in a real dilemma because if they do take Matt Parkinson, I mean they clearly don't trust him enough to play him on this tour, mm. do they? Um, I, I do think you could do with a leg spinner in Sri Lanka, don't you? Yeah, and more than just Joe Danley, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, bless him. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, we'll come on to it later, but there is probably a gap open for uh, like one of the the lower lights. He's on the that. Lions tour like an Amma Verdi or a Mason Crane. Yeah, I, th- I, I mean, I think Verdi is the only specialist spinner on the in the Red Bull squad. In the Red Bull squad. Okay. Yeah. Red Bull yeah. Squad, so yeah. I mean, and we've seen with Best, like if he bowls well there, they could easily be tempted to sort of uh, sort of give him a go at least around the squad. That so I don't think that's out of the question. But I think you, you touched on the, the Mark Wood point, which I think is a really interesting one in Sri Lanka because I think that's that's almost the, one of the places most in the world where you really value the pure pace, especially because the ball can get roughed up and, and reverse swing a bit. Yeah, and also because of his, um, he's a bit skiddier, isn't yeah. he? Uh, and that's quite helpful um, in Sri Lanka. He's been uh, he's been effective there, hasn't he, in the in, in the past. In, he's played a lion, as he played a Lions there, I seem to remember. Um, yeah. But he's, uh, yeah, the pace, absolutely, because it just gives you the variation if you've got the three spinners rotating and then you can blast with some pace. Yeah. And especially last time they went to Sri Lanka, I think they would have had... Anderson, Broad, Curran. They didn't have... Archer was not in, no, in the no, frame No, they didn't have out-and-out out pace. There, yeah. so they didn't, but the, the, the spinners did the job, but this time, if we're talking about the spin attack, it's going to be it's going to be a step down, of course, when, when you look at Leach. Uh, Rashid obviously bowled quite well there, and, and Moeen Ali, it will be a step down this time. So you really need the, the two seamers that will play, you know, two or three seamers that will play to be, you know, high quality and effective for those conditions. Anderson wasn't really... I don't think he played the third test either. No, he no, wasn't really. So he felt like a spare part, didn't he? Not, exactly. It's not right, his manner, yeah. is it? <laughs> and Broad was was dropped, I think, for uh, the first yeah, two he didn't tests. Play, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Archer and Wood, for in terms of the seam perspective, those are the two seamers you really want to be, you know, fit. And I guess <laughs> that brings us back to the point of the next. Do you, test. Does what he? Do you does do? he? Does he? Do you give Mark Wood a? I mean, back to back tests is hard. Yeah. Although we have to remember that they didn't. He didn't bowl loads and loads of overs, did he, in this third test because of the nature of the the way the match went? Yeah, true. Although with them following on, he did bowl a lot in a row, in like sort of without a break. Obviously, had yeah. Although Joe used him quite yeah. effectively because he used him in short burst and didn't bowl him into the ground. Yeah, the one the one time he came close to was on that the fourth evening he bowled him six overs in a row. I think because he it's wanted one more wicket too to many. get into the into the third. It's, it's got to either it's got to be four overs, hasn't yeah. it? Really, it's got to be four over bursts. Okay, and we, we will get onto some other cricket at some <laughs> point. But the two the two other uh, players, it feels like a big test for are Joe Denley and Joss Butler with Keaton Jennings and Ben Folks possibly set for recalls in Sri Lanka. Those two could struggle to retain their places. Let's start with Denley. So we mentioned Crawley earlier. How do you see the Denley, Crawley, Jennings, I guess, battle for spots two and three shaping up, assuming that Dom Sibley is sort of set in stone there for the moment? Well, um, I would stick with Denley for the moment. A, because I think he can play spin better than Crawley at the moment. That's not to say that... It's just that being a county cricketer, you don't get exposed to loads of it, do you? And Denley's had a bit more experience of it um and also i think there's a lot to be said for having a couple of quite experienced guys in the side if you are <laughs> going to pack it with youngsters there's a lot to be said for and he's a very calm bloke joe denley i think a really good guy to have around um uh, plus you know zach crawley knows him you know that, that I, I think it's it's good to have him around but um it's a the keaton jennings thing is fascinating isn't it because this is a re- if he comes in I can't see him doing more than two tests and then going back out. Can you? I just can't. I don't think he's England's in England's top order for the long term. I mean, he would just be a horses for courses pick, and then he goes back to Old Trafford. But as you say, with with the World Test Championship being like the, they, they do value those points so much, that that's fine, right? They'd be fine with those. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a weird situation for Keaton, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely, yeah. But I, I think there is something to be said about Test cricket becoming a more squad orientated game mm-hmm. um and you have to think you can't just always be thinking about your 11 for for to be you know the same for two years you know that there have got to be changes you look at how virat kohli's used his india side for the last few years you know he chops and changes a lot but you know it does the trick when he looks at the conditions um so i can totally understand the jennings argument in terms of the, the number three spots i don't think there's really any debate i think joe denley's 
is doing his job for the side. Um, I don't think he's a terrible player of spin. He, he toured, was on the tour of Sri Lanka last time around, so must have learned something through that as well. Um, and his part-time leg spin is very handy and should be, you know, acknowledged that it could it could be really important in Sri Lanka, even if it's for just a couple key wickets. Yeah. Do you not? There's a thing, thing though. Like Demley has done a, a really good job. I agree, but his job has been blunting the new ball and laying a platform. And you, you don't really, you're not bothered about <clears throat> blunting the new ball in in Sri Lanka. You want to really want to score runs against the new ball. Um, I, I think I agree that I was picked. I also think that Denley might have struggled a bit to rotate the strike in his career so far, but uh, he's also shown that he can improve and kind of solve problems and stuff. And he could easily do that in Sri Lanka. He could get out there mm. and find a couple of sort of release shots or a way to just turn it around the corner and, and get to the other end. And that that's kind of all he'll need to be a pretty good player of spin, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he might he might, he might might find it easier in Sri Lanka than he has in, in South Africa, actually. Um, because he's had a... He's had a slightly difficult job, hasn't he, in, in South Africa because of these clear instructions mm. to to soak up the, you know, to just bat time and be there. Um, that that means that he probably has got a bit stuck um, because of that, you know, that's 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 been foremost in his mind is I've got to stay here, I've got to stay here, I've got to stay here. It doesn't matter how many runs I get, I've just got to stay here. Um, and I don't know that there'll be quite such clear-cut instructions in Sri Lanka. Mm. And uh, similarly with Butler, I mean, the drop has been remarkable. He averaged 41 until the start of the Ashes and 22 since then. Is time running out for him? Oh, it's so upsetting, isn't it? Because he's just such a talented lad. Yeah. Um, but there's only so long you can keep being picked on potential, isn't there? Um, and that's kind of, that's what, I mean, that's what he was picked on. He was picked on natural talent and potential based on white ball performances and it's not really delivered. Um, and yeah, it's really upsetting, but I don't know how much longer he's got. I mean, I look at your reaction there when, 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 Ben brings up Josh Butler, and that's the reaction everyone has because Josh Butler is that cricketer that you really he's want supposed to, to be really you, good. <laughs> you want him to nail down Test cricket because he's so much fun to watch. We've had glimpses of that when, uh, you know, unfortunately sometimes all he's doing is you know he's stuck with the tail and he starts hitting out and it's it's you know it's the most enthralling passage of play that day, um, and oh that last Test was such a big opportunity because the platform had been set and this was this was Butler now in the position that. He'd been brought in for, and then just the dismissal was so sort of, yeah, you know, one of fourteen, wasn't it? Chipping it back to the bowler. Yeah, yeah it was pretty. You know, soft, it was quite tame. Um, that, and just that, that century really. at Trent Bridge feels a long time ago, doesn't it? Because there, I thought, oh, he's he's worked this out. He's worked yeah. out what to do here because he played a sort of proper proper Test match innings there, didn't he? But isn't that was a bit of a flash in the pan, really? But then people were saying similar things after the fourth Ashes Test, were they? And then he came out and sort of smashed a seventy at the Oval and, and batted how. He'd been picked to bat with that sort of that mix of like counterattacking, but also shepherding the tail and picking his moment and that sort of thing. So it's not out of the question that he goes out no, there. And I'm just not sure that one in six or seven is enough, is it? Yeah. So you think even if even if he struggles at the even if he gets runs in the next test, it could still be folks rather than Butler for Sri Lanka. Well, let's look. at I mean, folks did particularly well in Sri Lanka, mm. didn't he? Last time, I he think was, that's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. And, and if they are picking horses for courses, then you can't. You've got to go yeah. look how this lad did last time we were here. Let's get him back in again, um, which might mean curtains for Joss, but also equally it might mean curtains for Johnny, mightn't it? Because I mean, he's just floating around in Nafal at the moment. I feel I feel for him because yeah. I think you know the instruction was before New Zealand that you know he's got to go and work on his game, and yet he's been. No, just shepherding drinks around. It's just, I don't know it's how. Just, I mean, it's a really odd thing, is it? Go and work on your game, but there isn't any cricket for you to go and work on your game on. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I honestly think they probably should have just said to him, we're going to leave you out all winter. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, we're going to leave you out all winter. You go and find some cricket to play, you know, even if it's grey cricket or whatever. Go and find some cricket to play. And then and then we'll reevaluate at the beginning of the season. Because otherwise it's just really, you've missed those two tests in New Zealand. How much can you do in indoor nets? Not lots. And then there he is you know with a high vis vest on it's yeah. just weird <laughs> it's just really weird isn't it and then both butler and Bester will go to the ipl which looks like having the, the, the longest ipl in history apparently so that they can get oh, rid good. of double headers <laughs> and so they might play they might be available for like possibly just two championship games before the first test of the summer so there's there's not really a lot of time for them if if they no. do get left up no i mean at least the thing with being at the IPL is they're actually playing That's cricket true, yeah. <laughs> rather than being in a net. Um, uh, so, you know, I mean, I, don't, I, I mind less that he's going to be at the IPL and missing counter cricket as long as he's playing some cricket. But it's just weird. It's I don't quite know. He's at a real crossroads, isn't he, in his test 
career, Johnny Bairstow, because, you know, folks might come in for Sri Lanka and then nail down his place. And then what do you do for the first test of the summer? It'd be really harsh to drop him, wouldn't it? And I mean, it before, but yeah. yeah, I know, I know they've done it before, but you know, it's 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 one that you know I, don't, I think we're some way off solving this one, aren't we? Yeah, right. That's quite enough England for the time being. Uh, from a South African point of view, much of the discussion has been about Faf Dubois's captaincy, which we went into uh, reasonable amount in last week's pod. Uh, but Quinton de Kock will take over as ODI captain. It's been announced, and Faf said that the Wanderers Test will most probably be his last in South Africa. It's a uh, kind of just a bit sad how it's all unraveled not just this series but in the last kind of year isn't it yeah it's uh, I mean so much of it is circumstances beyond his control isn't Mm. it and that's a real shame because um, he's clearly a very good captain he has been a very good captain we saw in the first test that I thought he was an excellent in the first test and and really used his his players well and g'd them up they were obviously buoyed by that kind of you know new leadership team bump that football teams get when they get any manager and it's yeah I mean it must be really draining being captain of South Africa because of everything that goes alongside that um, and uh, all of the politics and all of the recent politics and all, and it sort of amazes me actually that they managed to still produce performances despite all the carnage forever going on in and around their um, their cricket board so um, yeah it's a real it's a real shame but yeah I suspect we'll see him in county cricket won't we yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. The new manage- manager bump is interesting because Mark Boucher was basically described in a piece that Dan Gallagher wrote for us as almost like Big Dunk, Duncan Ferguson, Everton, like <laughs> the exact same personality. It's not like massively a, flattering, exactly, is it? <laughs> and, and yeah, it does seem like there's been a little lack of attention to detail. Like Rabada and the team management didn't know that he was on three demerit points, which you'd think you like you would know, and you would tell a player just to like. To like rein it in, yeah, chilly boots, yeah, and it's uh, yeah. So that's a. It'd be interesting to see how how long his sort of honeymoon period lasts. Anyway, um, other cricket and some county news. Ryan Tenniscard has stepped down as Essex captain. Tom Wesley will replace him. Uh, Lizzie, where does he rank among the great county skippers? Oh gosh, well that's a question. <laughs> um, uh, well, I mean, he's you know he's been a, a very very good captain for Essex. He's got them you know up promoted champions twice in. Two, two years is it twice in two years um uh and clearly commands a lot of respect amongst that that team and uh and the fans um i, I don't think it's any great surprise that he stood down it was sort of indicated really wasn't it at the back end of last season some weird comments that simon harmer made <laughs> um at, at finals day where he said um I, I want to be captain but not till ryan steps down which rather indicated that ryan was about to step down yeah, yeah. um so uh, and as it happens simon hasn't been made um Captain, Captain no. uh, Tom Wesley has been, although I suspect Harm will probably be a um, uh, uh, blast captain. Okay, yeah, he, he still is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then of course he's is he in the hundred Harmer? Um, it's good. This is this is tells you all you need to know about the hundred. Is that no one knows who's playing? <laughs> no one knows who plays for who. Um, uh, I, recall, I recall him being picked up. Yeah, he would. They'd be daft enough. But so that means he wouldn't be one day captain, would he? But yeah. but it's uh, it's interesting. Um, Essex have got an incredible amount of uh, leadership potential in quite a few players. Nick Brown, Todd Wesley, Dan Lawrence, you know, there's... Alistair Cook. Alistair Cook, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a lot of really good guys there. Um, so, but I think Tom Wesley, Tom Wesley's probably a very good pick because he's fallen quite off the England radar now, hasn't he? Mm. Uh, does this give other teams a sniff, do you think? I mean, if, say, Wesley does take a bit of time to bed in and Somerset's obviously have the point deduction, do you think it could be quite an open championship season? Who knows? Yeah. I get it wrong every single year. <laughs> every not, not to win it last year, didn't you? Every single year I get it wrong. Um, uh, I mean, I think that's one of the glorious things about the championship is that we all go in with our predictions and none of them ever come true. Um, uh, I think, um, uh, I think, sorry, Sorry, might be strong. Sorry, I'll be strong because they've got you know. You look at their squad. They, mm. it, the, the, although I said that last year, we say it every year, don't we? But um, uh, I, I think Essex are, are still looking a, a very balanced side, um, yeah. and and I don't think they're losing many to the IPL, are they? That I can think of. No, and that so uh, that so you you played seven rounds before the end of May or whatever it is. So you know that's good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, England announced their women's T20 World Cup squad, which is roughly as expected. The uh, one change they made from the tour of Malaysia to play Pakistan was Kirsty Gordon being left out in favour of Georgia Elwis, uh, which I guess just speaks to the conditions in Australia, which won't spin as much and you might want that batting depth and stuff. Uh, but it's a remarkable rise for Sarah Glenn and Maddie Villiers in particular. Sarah Glenn, leg spinner, who made her debut in 
Malaysia and the first leg spinner England have had for absolutely ages. Uh, Charlotte Edwards bowled a bit of part-time stuff and before that he took that to 2003 to find the last, uh, last one. And, and Mandy Villiers is quite exciting, obviously starred in that win that uh, England had over Australia in the Ashes. So I think, yeah, maybe, maybe a couple of sort of, as you say, with the, with the test team, uh, the uh, the players who aren't uh, sort of weighed down by past failures, maybe maybe there could be a little bit of a bounce with that, but I think probably Australia to <laughs> to win that quite quickly, isn't it? It's, it's, it's clearly favourites, aren't they, on home turf? And the fact that they're the strongest, <laughs> they're just the strongest funny, team. Yeah, it's funny that Australia had the sort of the wild card picks, really, haven't they? Um, yeah, they've got James Sutherland's daughter in there, haven't they? Yeah. Um, which was a real left field. Apparently, made him cry. I wonder yeah. if it made him cry as much as sandpaper. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and because his son played for Australia on 19s, I think at the uh, at the last World Cup, and I don't think he cried then. In in other uh, women's World Cup squad news, uh, Sana Mir, captain of Wisden's women's team of the decade, and by distance, I'd say Pakistan's best ever player, was left out. Uh, she posted a good cryptic tweet. Did you see that one? I did. Yeah. D- don't blame a clown for acting like a clown. Ask yourself why you keep going to the circus. Uh, if, if if it is to be her last game in a Pakistan shirt, she's got a job as a as a wisdom columnist, I think. Uh, yeah, <laughs> very odd, very odd. Yeah, it was an odd one. I um, think you put you've it's wisdom finishes people off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ryan Dunnersgaard's a captain of a championship team in a decade. So that's Virat Kohli, tech captain. Yeah, yeah you've had it. <laughs> Sorry, Virat. <laughs> um, so England Lions have departed for Australia. Uh, two of the more interesting stories in that squad are Mason Crane and Amar Verdi. Taha, you interviewed both of them for wisdom.com. It's our, our read of the week. You should go and dig <laughs> it out. But um, it's uh, uh, about their, their struggles and paths back to cricket. And yeah, it's just just tell us through like sort of the, the different characters I say, like I say they both have. Yeah, well, I mean, I was interested to talk to both of them because they had, um, with Crane, obviously he had the injury in 2018, but again, 2019 was, was quiet in a way. And, and Verdi had a very quiet 2019. Didn't play a championship match till till July um, with Verdi it was his he was just basically told to get fitter by by Surrey um, and you know it was quite a stark fall because last season you know 19 20 years of age and he's you know bowling teams out of the oval and you know the, the best English spinner in the championship helps them win the, the county championship it's you know a lovely story and yet yeah, he's sort of struggling to get a game um, in 2019 uh, with Crane, it was different in, in that, you know, he had the stress fracture and he's and he's trying to come back and he was just so, it was it was great to sort of hear how honest he was. Basically being used only to, you know, help with Hampshire's overrate, bowled 17 overs on the trot at Headingley um, and his job was just for overrate and he was, he was honest about that and he said that, you know, sometimes that needs to be done. Um, but he was still struggling with his back and he had to bowl because Liam Dawson's at the World Cup. Um, and his... Things get even more complicated for him next year when Nathan Lyon turns up as as the overseas pro at Hampshire. So you just can't see him playing much rebel cricket. And while he's doing doing stuff with the white ball and he's got a hundred gig and he's just been playing in the T10 league, um, he's desperate to play Test cricket. And he knows that England weren't a leg spinner in Test cricket. They you know they bought one to South Africa and Matt Parkinson who's jumped in front of him in the queue. Um, but yeah, two two really honest guys, and you know they're they're two young English spinners, and how can you not back them? Because it's it's one of the toughest jobs out there. Just done that. Do we think Adil's done? Done on the test front. I mean, he's about. I, I understand he's about to sign a new contract with Yorkshire. Full full. You know. Full, okay. full well, contract. their overseas signing indicates that it probably is because they've signed. Ashwin. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just you kind of get the feeling that England perhaps have moved on i think really. the shoulders but, also yeah the thing. shoulders an issue right. i think yeah so is that the question so yeah there's a leg spinning vacancy yeah mm. so i mean it feels like with crane it, it kind of could go one of two or well it could go a lot of ways but two ways it could go he could by this time or not this time but by the end of next summer he could easily be england's sort of by next summer sorry i mean the 2021 summer he could be england's kind of all formats pick uh, that's one way it could go, or he could be out of out of the game, as happens to a lot of leg spinners, right? I mean, it's it's just it's just a bizarre life. Not made. just leg spinners, English yeah, sorry, just yeah. spinners in general. It's, it's just they just come and disappear, don't they? Exactly. It's weird. Yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. And in that way, that's why I, I, you know, I'd mentioned on best at the start because it could have easily gone yeah. wrong. It really could have. And you've no, got I think that's what makes it so impressive, isn't it? It's exactly. That he, that he he didn't, you know, he did what he needed to do. Exactly. You've got to admire it, and he he stuck at it, and yet even even now when he's doing well. 
the future is still no everyone's going oh. <laughs> well you know oh what's going to happen when he goes back to somerset is he going to you know does he have to leave his county so that's that's the life of the englishman you're, you're always sort of on the edge you know you could be right up there and then you know in a matter of weeks or months you're out of the you're out of the professional game uh a- any other players in those line squad uh catch the eye well it's nice that tom cola cadmore is um in mm-hmm. uh you know he's um been quite honest about uh you know his his punishment for the for the sort of social media thing um uh, he's a very talented lad and I, i'm glad that england haven't you know used that as we're never going to pick you again type thing um so that's that's good news uh, i think the other one sam northeast um who is in the red bull squad um uh you know and he's knocking he's knocking on i say he's not even 30 is he but you know in terms of he's not a young player and he but he had a good season um at the you know batting at for hampshire last last summer and he's perhaps one not to forget about Mm. Uh, you know, I think we've seen with Joe Denley, haven't we? That years don't don't really matter. You know, if you if you churn out the runs, then they're going to look at you. Um, uh, and uh, he's growing as a player. And I think the move to Hampshire actually probably did him good because he's had to battle quite hard and he's had to face some decent players in the nets, hasn't mm. he? You know, Carl Edwards Abbott, yeah. and Carl Abbott and what have you. So um, uh, yeah, that's quite quite an interesting one. And then uh, a nice little seam attack with Saqib Mahmood. Saqib Mahmood's an interesting one, isn't it? Mm. Where do they go with Saqib Mahmood? Is he a white ball player? Is he a red ball player? Is he both? But I mean, we were there at the sort of Lions media day and just listening to him talk, he's quite an astute thinker. I mean, he's a really young lad, but just the way he was talking about reverse swing and just yeah. he's he's sort of, you know. Yeah, he is, absolutely. He's um he's an interesting one because he's not Joffre or Mark Wood Pace, is he? He's you know, no. and that we shouldn't be lured into him being a express. He's mid to height, he's a yeah. Thing, yeah so um uh, it, it's quite interesting to see kind of what role they see him playing in the future uh, and perhaps not to overburden him. Maybe they do see him as a white ball player for the moment, at least, because there's quite a lot of seamers for the test seamers and there's no need to burden him too much, particularly if they're keeping an eye on him for the World T20. Yeah, I mean, I, d- I don't think he's that close to sort of nailing down a, a test spot, like first choice full time, but I think they are going to want still to have that that big group basically because there's no way Mark Wood and Joffre Archer are going to play uh, all maybe even the majority of England's tests going forward with their injury records and stuff so you are going to want those players in reserve and those players for different conditions especially if Mahmood's sort of a canny bowler and he's learning at Lancashire from like the best there's there's ever been basically in Jimmy then that that could be the way they see him they see him as that or not not the heir to James Anderson no 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 I mean it's interesting that Richard Gleeson's in the squad isn't it you mm, know yeah. I'm never quite sure with Lions squads totally what they're thinking is you know whether mm. that's what you look at and go they're the next cabs off cabs off the rank or whether they're looking at taking a squad on a lions tour that's gonna win matches mm. and not necessarily that it being about the next level up do you know what i mean is richard gleason really going to get a test call up i don't know but he's no doubt very handy to have in that squad for them to win matches in australia yeah okay um, so England 19s kicked off their World Cup campaign with defeat to West Indies. Uh, Yaz Rana, who's out in South Africa, has all the important info about the opening rounds of the tournament. England kicked off their under-19 World Cup campaign with a 71-run defeat at the hands of an impressive West Indies side in Kimberley. In truth, England were handsomely beaten in all three departments. Their new ball bowlers were wayward, there were mistakes in the field and their batsmen struggled to rotate the strike against the West Indies spinners in a run chase that never really got going. The 20 overs of spin bowled by Lewis Goldsworthy and Hammy Kadri were encouraging though. They hardly bowled a bad ball between them and at one point looked likely to restrict West Indies to under 200. West Indies had already beaten Australia early in the week, meaning that the England-Australia clash on Thursday is already effectively a knockout game. West Indies are a very good side. In Naeem Young, they have someone who possesses a skill set that few, if any, other players possess in the tournament. He's been West Indies player of the match in both their games so far, scoring quick and valuable runs at number seven, as well as taking a fifer against England with a with an impressive array of variations. Expect him to make his mark in the CPL very soon. And another one who you should expect to see in the CPL very soon is Jaden Seals. The West Indian opening bowler, who's a touch of the Jason Holders about him in terms of his approach to the crease, is another one to watch out for. He took a fourfer against Australia and bowled brilliantly against England too, going for none for 21 off his 10. He bowls around 85 miles per hour and he can swing the ball um, with the old ball. So he's definitely one to watch out for. Probably the seamer of the tournament so far. It's quite hard to gauge where a lot of the teams are at the moment, given the one-sided nature of a lot of the games. Afghanistan thrashed Africa in this tournament opener. The wrist-spin twins of Shafiqullah and Noor Ahmad ran through a slightly clueless-looking South African middle order who 
didn't seem to be able to pick up any of their variations. With a decent top three that includes Ibrahim Zadran, who has a test match 87 to his name already, they could go far in the tournament. India beat Japan yesterday by 10 wickets, chasing down 41 in 4.5 overs. Mismatch doesn't really do the term justice, but the best piece of action was actually after the game, where a Japanese and Indian player celebrated their respective birthdays at the same time, surrounded by both their squads. There's a great video on Twitter of cake being rubbed in the faces of both players who are celebrating their birthday. Definitely one to watch if you can. Aside from the Japan game, India were dominant against Sri Lanka. They look to have batting depth that no other team can rival at the moment. Bangladesh and Pakistan also look very strong, but again, it's very hard to discern exactly where they're at now. My early prediction for the final would probably be India versus Bangladesh or West Indies. Um, So... We'll see how that shout goes. It feels like this is a lower profile England 19 squad than previously. Is that fair to say? Well, kind of. I mean, I think if you look back at 2008, Mm. did we think that, I mean, did we know that Joss Butler and Ben Stokes and Joe Root were going to go on to be the players they are now? Or did we, I mean, I don't know. And when, when England, the only time England have won the under 19s World Cup, did we know that Rob Key and Graham Swan and (laughs) Owen Shaw would go on to be, you know, Mm good excellent cricketers yeah. i wonder if we kind of look back at them and go oh look that had, they had that those names in them only now because we know that they went on to do things so it could be that in i don't know five years time we look back and going oh ben charlesworth you know um jack haynes blah blah blah. wow but um they're not loads of, it's not there's not names in there that i think most people would recognize yeah and and it's not always the case is it? i mean you looked at the we're looking at the 2010 squad is did nathan buck was it that posted it on mm. his instagram and we we're trying to go through it was like recognized barely any of them basically didn't we yeah but although nine out of fifth nine out of the 15 are still playing professional okay, cricket okay. so i mean that's not bad is it if nine yeah. years later that nine of them are still playing so they clearly got something a bit right that they were decent cricketers it's it is so hard to tell, isn't it, at the age of eighteen, whether they're going to go on, and yeah. you know, it's really it is really harsh. With the ex- you know, a couple of exceptions, you know, people like Sam Curran, you know, you, you you know, fairly early on, but but it's hard to tell at eighteen. You know, they haven't finished growing, have they, for yeah. a start? So, what might be a very successful seam bowler in the under 19s World Cup then then isn't three years later because they might have just developed. That's it. That's, that's it. it. They're that's, done. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. the final product. Yeah. Well, with some of them, you know, they're still. You know, they might not even be in the under nineteen setup right now, but they just develop at a later Absolutely. stage. Yeah. So um but they uh, they you know, they were comprehensively beaten by a very exciting West Indies side. The West Indies side looked really exciting. Yeah, I just <coughs> realised I forgot to ask you earlier if your moment of the week. Well, it was my moment so- of the week, actually <laughs> that West Indies win. The um uh uh Dianne Young is that his Na- name? Naeem Young, is Naeem it? Young, that's yeah. it. Um sixty one, five for four catches or whatever it was. Yeah. Um looks an excellent cricketer. And was that his dad that there was a video of? Jumping up and down on the sidelines, going, "That's my son! That's <laughs> my son!" That's I, so. yeah. <laughs> I think that was his yeah. dad. If that's what he was saying, then you'd hope it's <laughs> that was that was um, uh, there was an ICC video. That's my son. <laughs> um, but uh, the other the other exciting um, player is Seals, um, the uh, the fast bowler, because he mm. looks rapid um, and very accurate and really exciting bowling. You know, sort of eighty six upwards most balls um, uh, and not spraying it. And it would he go for only twenty one in ten overs or something? Yeah. Um, I think it's really, it's it's very um, good for cricket, to use trot out that cliche, to have an exciting West Indies side, isn't it? It just, you know, you, I find it quite warming when a side, with, a, a board with very little money um, manages to continue to produce exciting cricketers. Yeah, and it, it's the kind of thing that gives a real lift to the region as well as the under-19s team doing well, more than it does in other places, I think. I mean, the, that 2016 they had when they won the... Uh, the two T Twenty World Cups was kickstarted by that, and it felt like almost like the start of something, like this signifying mm. that they were still a force to be reckoned with, which was then shown a couple months later. So yeah, it is, it is really exciting, and hopefully they they go far. So they've beaten uh, Australia and England, and 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 that's a you know a, a very good start to a tournament, that mm. isn't it? Mm. Uh, in other news, Ireland drew a T Twenty I series against West Indies, as we just said, the World Champions, which is quite an achievement. Uh, that opening pair of Kevin O'Brien and Paul Sterling really is something, especially Kevin O'Brien's stats are actually incredible after being all the difference between after he was promoted to open. So before he was promoted to open, he averaged 15.5 and a strike rate 118 in international cricket, in the t- international T20 cricket. And since he's been promoted to open, he averaged 31.42, a strike rate 155. It's got a century, a few 50s. Uh, it's amazing. You know, with all due respect to the rest of the Ireland batting lineup, when 
sort of one wicket falls in that in that, yeah. in that island innings you're kind of like well that's kind of the show's over now because those two together are, are something else are we going to see Kevin O'Brien and Paul Sterling in the blast this year do you think oh who knows um uh, I know that well I don't know I think De Villiers isn't coming back to Middlesex okay which frees up an yes, overseas definitely. slot doesn't it um and uh, obviously, you know, they know him and know what he can do. It's a real dilemma, isn't it, for a county? Do you use up one of your overseas slot on an Irishman? Mm. Do you? Because part of it is a, is a marketing thing, right? With De Villiers, it was like, yes, obviously it's A.B. De Villiers the batsman, but it's A.B. De Villiers the star as well. Exactly. And with all due respect to Paul Sterling, he might do the job on the pitch but you're looking at off-field stuff he's too. not on your poster is he exactly <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah I, I, I mean i suspect what it, it, a decision won't be taken on either of them until nearer the competition mm. when it becomes clearer who is and who isn't available overseas wise for the or it might be that they you know the blast is in um two little blocks isn't it um mm. so it might be that there's a you know a star available for the first bit and then you bring in someone else for the second bit or vice versa um so it feels a real shame to me that they've had to make a decision i suppose them those, those them's the rules aren't they but it does feel a shame for um that you have to make a decision between being an island player and being a county player yeah well it was an interesting one because it felt like um a lot of uh people were saying it'll be interesting to see what happens when someone challenges it and then no one did. Like I spoke to Richard Holdsworth at Cricket Ireland who was saying that, oh, it's not our battle to fight, but we wonder if there's something sort of shady going on legally. And again, I think Tim Murta said something similar and Paul Sterling is something similar, but, but no one was willing to actually put the head above didn't the parapet. Wanna, it was didn't want to do the fight. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that, that's interesting on Paul Sterling because I mean, if you think about Middlesex last year, Majib, probably a more valuable T20 player than Paul Sterling but then they had Hafiz for the last section you'd probably rather have Paul Sterling than Hafiz I mean he's 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 a very he's a really good T20 player in his own right it's not just about him being good for the blast I think he's he's a player that yeah, absolutely. Really stands out in, from that Ireland team uh, so other interesting cricket this week India came from behind to beat Australia 2-1 in an ODI series most of the usual suspects did pretty well Kara Hall continues to impress wherever he's asked to bat and seems to displace Rishabh Pant's first choice keeper and Manus Labuschagne and Steve Smith continue to be good at batting. Uh, and finally, Zimbabwe are playing a test match against Sri Lanka at home. Uh, it's one for the purists and <laughs> maybe a decent argument for four-day tests, that uh, that particular five-day test Or three test days, match. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's tough going, that one, yeah. yeah. Zimbabwe's first innings opening stand on day one amounted to 96 runs in 50.1 overs. Uh, that yeah, that was that was hard going, but still great to see Test cricket being played that there. And if you want to see people scoring not very many runs, it is being live streamed for free on YouTube. So uh, make sure you sold it, it really well there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and the last thing is, uh, how does the offer of cheap but good beer sound to you? As our regular listeners will be by now well aware, we've teamed up with Beer Fifty Two to offer you the chance to get your hands on ten exclusive high quality craft beers for just five pounds and there's a couple of other freebies thrown in there too so head to beer52.com forward slash wisdom to check that one out uh and uh that's it from us um thanks very much for coming on lizzie you're very welcome uh thank you taha cheers man and thanks very much for listening uh if you enjoyed it please uh tell your friends about it and subscribe and if you really enjoyed it you might want to leave us a nice maybe even a five-star review on your choice thanks Podcast Network.